classic streams. Challenge of the Yukon is an American radio adventure series that began on Detroit's eyes and is an example of a northern genre story. The series was first heard on January 3, 1939. The title changed from Challenge of the Yukon to Sergeant Preston of the Yukon in September 1950, and remained under that name through the end of the series and into a television adaptation. Background Following the success of The Lone Ranger and The Green Hornet on Detroit's Eyes, Nowseed, the station owner, George W. Trendle, asked for a similar adventure show with a dog as the hero. According to Eyes staffer Dick Osgood, in his history of the station, Trendle insisted that it not be a dog like Lassie because this must be an action story. It had to be a working dog. Writer Tom Dougal, who had been influenced by the poems of Robert W. Service, naturally chose a husky. The dog was originally called Mogo, but after criticism by Trendle, Dougal rechristened the Canine King. Dougal likewise created Sergeant Preston and the French Canadian Guide. Franz Stryker, who also wrote for The Lone Ranger, contributed show scripts. However, Trendle's criticism of Dougal may have had another reason behind it. Shortly before the two Trendle series aired, Lone Ranger and Challenge of the Yukon, popular author Zane Gray had a book in circulation, The Lone Star Ranger, about a Texas Ranger like The Lone Ranger and a comic book series in circulation, King of the Royal Mounted, about the adventures of Sergeant King, a Royal Canadian Mounted policeman like Sergeant Preston. From 1922 a series of novels by Laurie York Erskine featuring Renfrew of the Royal Mounted War entered enough popularity to begin a radio series of the same title in 1936 and a film series beginning in 1937, the latter featuring a canine sidekick. Challenge of the Yukon began as a 15-minute serial, airing locally from 1938 until May 28, 1947. Shortly thereafter, the program acquired a sponsor, Quaker Oats, and the series, in a half-hour format moved to the networks. The program aired on ABC from June 12, 1947, to December 30, 1949. It was then heard on the Mutual Broadcasting System from January 2, 1950, through the final broadcast on June 9, 1955. In September 1950, when the show moved to three broadcasts a week, the title was changed to Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. Details the program was an adventure series about Sergeant Frank Preston of the Northwest Mounted Police and his lead sled dog, Yukon King, as they fought evildoers in the northern wilderness during the gold rush of the 1890s. The serial began on radio in 1938 and continued through 1947, after which the series moved to television. The original television program ran from 1947 through 1949 on ABC and was sponsored by Quaker Oats. In January 1951, the radio version was resurrected running until 1955, when the show moved once again to television as Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. The show starred Richard Simmons. The theme music was Emil von Reznicek's Overture to Donna Diana, an old opera, though the overture remains a concert staple to this day. The show's episodes ended with the official pronouncement, Well, King, this case is closed. Sergeant Preston Preston, according to radio historian Jim Harmon, first joined the Royal Canadian Mounted Police to capture his father's killer, and when he was successful, he was promoted to sergeant. Preston worked under the command of Inspector Conrad, and in the early years was often assisted by a French-Canadian guide named Pierre. During the course of the series, Preston successfully puts down a rebellion, and captures assassins. Each episode has him battling a new crisis, whether it be tracking down a murderer, a gang of thieves, or claim-jumping miners. Yukon King Preston's sidekick and ally, and arguably the true star of the show, was the brave Alaskan Husky, Yukon King. 
Yukon King had a keen instinct for sensing criminals, and was equally valuable dealing with wild animals, once saving a small child from a wolverine. In the radio version, King's barks were usually provided by animal imitators, usually sound effects artist Dewey Cole, and later, actor Ted Johnston. The radio series supplied King with a backstory. As radio historian Jim Harmon recalled, King had been a husky puppy raised by a mother wolf. When a lynx attacks the wolf and her cub, Sergeant Preston arrives in time to save King. Preston then raised the animal as his own dog team captain. On television, Yukon King was still a vital element, though the dog was now played by an Alaskan Malamute trained by Beverly Allen. The dog received star billing right after Preston, and alongside his horse, Rex. There is some confusion regarding King's actual breed. The writers seemed to use Malamute and Husky interchangeably. At least once, Preston answered Malamute to the question from another character. In one radio episode Preston indicates King's mother had been a wolf, which would make him a wolf dog. Premise Typical plots involved the pair helping injured trappers, tracking down smugglers, or saving cabin dwellers from wolverines. Sergeant Preston's faithful steed was Rex, used primarily in the summer months, but generally Yukon King and his dog Deem were the key mode of transportation, as signaled by Preston's cry of on, King. On, you huskies. In the early radio shows, the cry of on, you huskies, would alternate with on, you malamutes from show to show. Radio cast Sergeant Preston, the part of Sergeant Preston was played by different actors over the course of the long run. J. Michael, who had often played villain Butch Cavendish on The Lone Ranger, originated the role, and played the brave Mountie from 1939 through the mid-1940s. Former movie actor Paul Sutton took over the role followed briefly by Brace Beamer when The Lone Ranger ended in 1954. Sutton took over again, however, by the time of the final broadcast. Yukon King, the barks, whines, and howls of Yukon King were supplied by one of the station's sound effects men, Dewey Cole, and following Cole's death, by actor Ted Johnston. Narrator and supporting players, the original announcer-slash-narrator was Bob Hite, also a narrator for The Lone Ranger, Green Hornet, and The Shadow. Hite was replaced by former star J. Michael when Sutton took over. Lone Ranger narrator Fred Foy also filled the role from time to time. John Todd was heard occasionally as Inspector Conrad, and Frank Russell played Pierre. Episodic performers came from the same talent pool as the other Zaz shows. Television Series, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon In 1955, the same year the radio show ended, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon premiered as a television series. Richard Simmons starred as Sergeant Preston and was supported by Yukon King and Rex, now played by real animals. The dog cast as King was not a husky, however, but a large Alaskan Malamute. Charles Livingstone, who had worked on the radio version, directed several episodes. Some plot lines were reused from the radio show, and stories original to the series were generally built upon the same themes. The same few buildings were regularly seen as part of many settlements in the shows. The additional visual component of the snowy Yukon, however, did give the television version a different feel but like all such films when filmed on a stage set, the frosty breath of people in Arctic conditions could not be simulated. Generally, however, there was an outdoor feel though a few times shadows on the skyline could be seen. Genuine outdoor scenes were added to give the show some reality though the viewer could not help but notice the sameness to them as they were all filmed in the same area and reused at times. Mainly filmed at Ashcroft, Colorado, the series was telecast on CBS from September 29, 1955 to September 25, 1958. The first two seasons were produced by Trendell Campbell Murr, and the show was broadcast in the same time slot as ABC's The Lone Ranger. 
In its last season, Sergeant Preston of the Yukon was purchased and produced by the Jack Rather Corporation. In 1955, the Quaker Oats Company gave away land in the Klondike as part of the Klondike Big Inch Land promotion which was tied in with the television show. Genuine deeds each to one inch two of a lot in Yukon Territory, issued by Klondike Big Inch Land Company Incorporated, were inserted into Quaker's puffed wheat and puffed rice cereal boxes. Timeless Media Group released a two-disc best-of set featuring ten episodes from the series on DVD in Region 1 on November 21, 2006. Infinity Entertainment has released all three seasons of the series on DVD in Region 1. Post-TV After filming concluded, the dog, named King, went to live with the family of the president of Jack Rather Productions after retirement. Rather had produced the Lassie and Lone Ranger television shows. King eventually was housed on acreage belonging to Texas ex-governor William Carey Graves. King lived to an advanced old age well into the 1960s. He was a loving, obedient, long-discussed pet remembered with much affection. There was also a board game, called Sergeant Preston, released by Milton Bradley in 1956. Comic Book Series from 1951 to 1958 Dell Comics published 29 issues of Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. The first four issues appeared biannually, then quarterly, in the weekly catch-all series four-color comics, number 344, 373, 397, 419, then assumed its own numbering with issue number 5, most often as a quarterly but also bi-monthly. All issues were written by Gaylor Dubois, creator of Turok, and illustrated by Alberto Giolitti best known as the longtime illustrator of Turok. The Dell comic book covers were paintings portraying drama or action, featuring Yukon King and Sergeant Preston in exciting scenes. Once the Sergeant Preston of the Yukon television series premiered, the comic book featured photo covers of the TV series star and character as Sergeant Preston. The episode will continue after a brief message from our sponsor. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Classic Streams Today's feature will now play uninterrupted. The Challenge of the Yukon King, the swiftest, strongest of Eskimo lead dogs, blazes the trail through storm and snow for Sergeant Preston as he meets the Challenge of the Yukon. Sergeant Preston was typical of the small band of Northwest Mounted Police who preserved law and order in the Yukon during the gold rush of 98. That was the year that brought over 50,000 men swarming into the Klondike region, and the greed for gold led to frequent violence and bloodshed. But in spite of the odds against them, the force preserved a splendid record in maintaining the right. The challenge of the North was answered, and justice ruled triumphant. <laughs> Sergeant Preston, on patrol duty in the Yukon, made many friends who were always glad to see him. One of these was Ab Crowley, who lived with his wife in a small cabin several miles north of Three Forks. A vicious storm had swept wind and snow in the face of the Mountie, 
as he drove his team toward the small settlement. And the prospect of a warm cup of tea with the Crowleys was something he looked forward to. The great dog King ran ahead of the sled, cutting tracks in the snow. I'm King, on you huskies! Not much further, King. Ah, there's the cabin. It's good to see that light. Oh, King, oh, you huskies! Hey there, Sergeant Preston. Hello, Em. How are you? Yeah, fine. I'm mighty glad to see you. Come on in and have a cup of tea. This is just me, Sam. Well, I've been looking forward to having a cup of tea with you ever since I left Broken Wishbone, Ab. How's Mrs. Crowley? Oh, fine, just fine. Uh, we got some good news for you, Sergeant. Yes? Well, what is it, Ab? Uh, it'll wait for a few minutes. You go on inside. I'll take care of the dogs. You too, King. Go on in there. <laughs> All right, King. <laughs> Thanks, Ab. Land's sake, Sergeant Preston. Sure is good to see you. Come on in here and close that door. Well, how are you, Mrs. Crowley? Never been better in my life, Sergeant. Dad tell you the news? Oh, no, he didn't. He said it could wait till he got inside. Say, what's this all about? <laughs> <laughs> well, I expect the better to let Ab tell you. He's been hankering to tell you ever since we... Uh-oh. There, I almost told you myself. <laughs> well, I'm certainly curious. Uh, tell me this much. You both look so pleased. It must be something awfully good, huh? It is, Sergeant. It's the best thing that's happened to us ever since we came to the snowbound place. There, there you are. Oh, thank you. Ah, uh, this tea certainly tastes good. Warms you up after all that cold. I guess Ab will be wanting a cup too when he comes in. <laughs> hey, did you tell the sergeant yet, Ada? <laughs> oh, no, she hasn't told me yet, Ab. Well, I reckon I'll tell you myself, then. <laughs> As if you didn't want the pleasure of telling them yourself all along. Me and Ada just bought the last chance claim. Last chance? Yep. That was Jeb Fisher's claim, wasn't it? It was. Now it's ours. Well? Well. Sakes alive, Sergeant. The, the cat gets your tongue. Can't you say any more than that? I declare, Ab, I knew it'd be surprised, but I never thought Just, that... uh, how much do you know about the last chance, Ab? Well, it's a good claim. I saw Jeb turn up some of the dust myself. I think it's a good piece of luck. We, uh, had kind of hard time eating Jeb's price, but, uh... We just took what we'd been saving, and Jeb turned it over to us for the cash. How much cash? Uh, $12,000. All the money we had. Why, what's wrong, Sergeant? Well, Ab, I won't congratulate you on your good luck till we make sure it is good luck. What do you mean, Sergeant? I don't trust Jeb Fisher, Mrs. Crowley. I'm afraid that claim is worthless. But we'll soon find out. Worthless? Of course, I have no proof. Sergeant, I can't say that I've ever known you to be wrong before. But this is once I think you've made a mistake. Why, I saw that dust myself. You're no Chichaco, Ab. You know as well as I do that Fisher could have salted that claim. He could have, Ab. But heaven help us if the sergeant's right. Heaven helps him that helps himself, Ada Gal. I'm going to start in tomorrow working on that ground. You will know how we stand. Well, that's a good idea, Ab. I'll tell you what I'll do. I have some friends at Three Forks who will be glad to lend a hand. Well, I don't like to be any trouble to you. Oh, no trouble at all, Ab. <laughs> I was headed for Three Forks anyway, so I'll stop to see them. Well, we'll be looking for you, sergeant. Goodbye, sergeant. Goodbye. All right, King. Get the dogs up. I'm king, a new husky.
Sergeant Preston entered the Moosehead Cafe in Three Forks a short time later. As he moved through the room, he heard a boisterous laugh. <laughs> so I have $12,000 in my pocket, and Crowley's got the deed to the last chance. <laughs> Cleaned up on that deal. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> Poor old Crowley stuck for plenty. His own fault. I don't know, Jim. What do you mean? Seems to me it's a pretty yellow trick to pull on a couple as old as the Crowleys. Well, they wanted the last chance, didn't they? I sold it to them. $12,000 must have been all the money they got in this world. Yeah, that don't mean nothing to me. Don't you feel at all sorry for folks like them? No, why should I? It was a business deal, that's all. I buy and sell property. Ain't none of my business how people get the money to pay for it, uh, as long as it's cash on the line. <laughs> You're loco, Sam. Well, I guess I just don't see things the way you do. Now listen and take it from me. You'll never get far in the Yukon if you go around feeling sorry for every guy that gets stuck. You're Jeff Fisher, aren't you? Why, yeah. What do you want with me, Monty? I understand Abner Crawley just bought your last chance claim. Yep. Fisher, you know there's no gold on that land. I don't know nothing about that land. I sold him the property. We turned up gold on it. You've sold it claims before. Crowley bought that claim, and I didn't guarantee nothing in right. Whether you guarantee it or not, Crowley believes there's gold on that property. <laughs> then let him dig for it. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe he'll find it. <laughs> you oughtn't to talk to him like that, Jeb. <laughs> Why not? The law ain't got nothing on me. The next day, at the last chance claim, not far from Abner Crowley's cabin, six men helped the old miner work his newly acquired land. What's the matter, Ab? Ain't getting tired, are you? Uh, me? No. Well, what's wrong? You know, Rob, Sergeant Preston told me this man was probably worthless. I'm afraid he's right. Oh. <clears throat> well, now, uh, Ab, I, I wouldn't be too ready to give up. Me and the boys will stay around as long as you need us. Well, I don't like Now, to don't it. you worry, Ab. Mrs. Crowley fixes better chow we've had in a year Sundays at Three Forks. Well, I believe that's a sergeant coming now. Looks like it is. Hey there, sergeant. Oh, King. How are you, Huskies? Well, Rob, so you've kept your word. Yep, we've been pretty busy, all right. How's it going, Ab? Well, Sergeant, uh, I think maybe you was right. Why, Ab? Poor Ada. I'll have to tell her we paid our $12,000 for a worthless piece of earth. All right. <clears throat> I told him, Sergeant, not to be so willing to give up. I'm not surprised, Ab. No, you told me, but I wouldn't believe you. Well, there's nothing for us to do now. I'm not so sure about that. Rob and I talked it over yesterday. And here's our plan. A rumor of gold in the Yukon always spread like wildfire. A word dropped in a conversation, sudden activity in a place that had formerly been deserted, and an old miner in town spending money freely. Any one of these things were enough to start men talking, telling exaggerated stories of a new gold discovery. So when old Abner Crowley, long known for the quiet and thrifty way he lived, went into Three Forks carrying a poke of gold dust, 
The word spread that the last chance claim held fabulous amounts of the precious dust. You hear the news, Jeb? What news? About the last chance paying out. Yeah, I heard it. But I thought you said... No matter what I said. Didn't you know it had... Oh, shut up, Sam. Oh, I begin to see. Shut up, I tell you. <laughs> and you thought you took old Abner. I didn't know the last chance was a strike. You're darn tootin' you didn't know it. It'd have never gotten out of your hands if you'd have thought that. Uh, I'd give anything to get that claim back. Uh, what a fool I was. All right, boys, have another drink. It's all on me. <laughs> you too, Rob. Have what you want. Thanks, Ab. Don't mind if I do. Ever since you struck it at the last chance... That's you... right. The sky's the limit. Hello there, Ab. Why, Jim Fisher. The man that sold me the last chance, my best friend. We always thought you was a good businessman, Jeb. What happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know how it is. <laughs> uh, Ab, I'd like to talk to you. Uh, what do you want to talk about, Jeb? Ain't got much time, you know. Got to get back to the last chance. Me and Ed. Yeah, 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 I know. <clears throat> but I'd like to talk to you. Uh, well, all right. Come on, Rob. Yeah, sure. Where do you want to talk, Jim? Uh, let's go in the back room where we won't be disturbed. Uh, suit you, Rob. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, there now. <clears throat> Nobody will bother us in here. Uh, have a chair, boy. Yeah. Sure, thank you. Well, uh, what's on your mind, Jim? Ab, uh, Ab, when I sold you the last chance, I told you I was planning to leave the Yukon. Yep, that's right, you did, Jeb. Well, a few things have happened since then, and I've changed my mind. I'm staying here, and I'd like to have the last chance back. You see, when I sold it to you, I thought I was leaving, and I wanted to get my affairs straightened up. Yeah, Jeb, a deal's a deal. I bought the last chance. I know how you feel. You paid me $12,000 for the last chance. Yep. Cash you did. Uh, I'll uh, pay you fifteen thousand to get it back. Nope, not interested. Sixteen thousand. Now listen, Jeb. If you was in my place, would you sell out? I'll make it eighteen thousand dollars, Ab. <clears throat> nope, I don't want to. It costs plenty to work a mine, you know, Ab. I'll give you twenty thousand in cash for that claim. Pretty anxious to get it back, ain't you, Jeb? Hello, Ab. Hello, Sergeant. Uh, Fisher, what are you doing here? Uh, trying to make a deal with Ab here, Monty. What sort of a deal, Ab? Now, you keep out of this, Monty. Jeb wants to buy back the last chance claim, Sergeant. Well... I'll pay him cash for it. Jeb, I think I'll take you up on that. He didn't mean uh, getting old. I ought to clear out of the Yukon and let the younger man work the last chance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Glad you feel that way about it, Ab. I'll be right back with the money. The money here will witness the same. <laughs> what to tell you, Ab? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Hope it don't take too long getting that money. Yeah. <laughs> Sam will have the money here in a minute, Ab. <laughs> yes, sir, I think you're being right smart about it. I hope so, Jeb. I certainly wish you the same kind of luck I had with the last chance. Yeah. Here, Jeb. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> here you are, Ab. It's all there. Count it if you want. <clears throat> uh, you better count it, Ab. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep, all here. Well, Jeb, last chance is yours again. Here's the deed. Now, Rob, here's that $5,000 to pay back the boys for the gold that let me and for working at the claim. 
A gold vein, aren't you? Sure. I figured to look like a man that struck it rich. I ought to have some gold, so they got together and lent it to me. Look like a man that... Say, what is this? You mean you didn't get that gold from the last chance? We ain't found any gold in it yet, Jeb. Why, you said... I didn't say nothing, Jeb. You came to me wanting to buy back the last chance, and I sold it to you. I've been swindled. You led me to believe you found gold there. What you told me when you sold it was true. The gold's still there. I tell you, we ain't touched any of it. Oh, are you out? I wouldn't do that if I were you, Jeb. That was a fair sale. I saw it myself. Looks like you're stuck with your own bargain, Jeb. There's not a thing you can do about it. <laughs> All right, boys. Come on outside. This time, I'll treat you the best in the house, and I'll pay for it with my money. <laughs> well, looks like Abner Crowley came out all right after all. <laughs> yes, King, the case is closed. Challenge of the Yukon, a copyrighted feature of the Challenge of the Yukon Incorporated, Brought to you every Saturday at this time, originated in the transcription studios of WXYZ Detroit. The characters and events in tonight's drama were fictitious. Bill Morgan speaking. This is the Michigan Radio Network. Retro Radio Today does not claim ownership over copyrights to any radio shows on our podcasts. The work in this episode has been identified as being free of known restrictions under copyright law, including all related and neighboring rights. The show copyrights are believed to be expired. This concludes another episode of Classic Streams. Thank you for listening.